Thank you, thank you. Stay standing for a second. I just want to pray. Jesus, we just welcome you in this place. We thank you for your presence. Why don't you just lift your hands, guys, and begin to just lift up your voices. Jesus, Yeshua, we've just been singing about him. Yeshua, we love you. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. Jesus, we want to make room for you in this service. Right now, we want to get hungry. We thank you, Lord, that you are attracted to hunger. So, Lord, I pray that I would be hungry. I pray that we would have hungry hearts. Come, just begin to stir up your hunger. Say, Lord, I want hunger this morning. He's the hunger and he's the food. Just ask him for hunger and he's going to give you his presence this morning. Shakuru do sutu. Kia daradasia karadasutu. Kia Lord, we want to be hungry for your presence, Lord. I thank you for this church. I thank you that they are called Presence Church, Lord. I thank you that they are positioned here right in the center of the Gold Coast to be a habitation of your presence. Lord, that this is called to be a center that inhabits your presence. Lord, I thank you that you love to dwell here, Lord. I just thank you that you would stir hearts. Come, just begin to keep listening. Lifting your voices. Lord, I thank you that you would stir up fire in their hearts this morning. I thank you for what you started last week. But God, I thank you that there is more. There is more. There is more. He says, go again, go again, go again. There is more. I said this in the first service, but he said, he said to me that greater will the latter days be than the former. Don't look back for glory days because there are glory days ahead. He prophesies that you guys will be a revival sending center, that this place will impact, uh, it will be a light in the darkness. It's going to impact a region. It's going to impact generations. So God, I just pray for every life here, every single life here, Jesus. I thank you that you would stir up faith, that you would stir up fire, Lord, that they would they would go again, Jesus, that they would, they would have faith in their spirits for what you want to do through them, in them and through them. We love you, Lord. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. You guys can take a seat. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Pastor Justin and Chrissy for having me, even though they aren't here. And we're praying for a speedy, supernatural recovery for Chrissy in the name of Jesus. And in agreement, we say, Yes, let that be done. How good. A room full of people praying that. It's going to happen. So yeah, I, I don't take it lightly to be here with you today. My name is Jesse Rose. And um, as Pastor Justin said, I'm the worship pastor at Kingdom Culture Church, um, which I love. It's the best job ever. So I'm super grateful to do that. Um, and my husband, Dan, who's here with me today, he's super awesome. Why don't you stand up, babe? Give him a wave. He's really good looking. Dan is um, on the board of directors at our church, and he is really good at all things money. Um, he's in business. He runs a few different businesses and sort of has one of those um, anointings that whatever his hand touches turns to gold in a, in a good way. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, and I love, I love being married to him, and he, he's also full of wisdom, and I'm going to get him up at the end, and we'll do some prophetic stuff. I mean, yeah, we've been married five years, and we're from the north, the north, north side of Brisbane, like almost Sunshine Coast sort of way. Our church is in Burfingary, if anyone knows where that is. <laughs> it's a bit of a random spot. But yeah, I love worship. I, I love, 
I love Jesus. I love the presence of God. And I love the name of this church. Um, and I also uh, feel like cafe hopping um, whenever we travel in each city. I end up doing the same thing. I get an app and I look at cafes and I drag whoever I can to like go to all of the cafes and have a little list and I tick it off. And it's funny, I, like with people I travel with, they'll be like, Yes, we kind of end up doing the same thing in every city. I'm like, because it's so fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I love cafe hopping. Um, I love personality types. Um, if you're a hater, I'm sorry, don't worry. I won't be talking about personality types today, so <laughs> don't worry. But I love like Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, Choleric, Sanguine, Melancholy, I don't know, all of the different, the big fives, literally anything that is about people and understanding how they work. I love it. Um, I love people. I also love cheese. I don't know if anyone else here loves cheese. It might be a bit too early for you guys to be like, ew, why is she talking about cheese? It's still like before 12. But I just love it. I could eat it for every meal. <laughs> I could eat it in any form, you know. It's just really great when it's like brie or camembert. Or like I love Colby. I actually just love tasty cheese, cheese like straight out of the bag. That's I know that's, that's rank. But like, you know, the grated, you know, just like just... Give me a handful of grated cheese. I'll eat it. I love cheese. So anyway, that's a bit about me. Um, and yeah, I've been the worship pastor at Kingdom Culture for the whole time we've existed. So we were a church plant eight uh, just under eight years ago, so seven and a half. Um, and I've been the worship pastor that whole time. And we started off with just um, a keyboard like this. And that was it. And I would sing from the keyboard. I... Um, I just let anyone sing. And then a few months later, maybe six, six months later, when we sort of had like microphones for everyone, I realized like oh, I probably needed to do some sort of an auditions process <laughs> because now they have mics and I didn't check if they could sing. So that, <laughs> that, was, that was a good time. Uh, church planting. And we had um, a little like box drum that um, it, uh, it's called a kahan. And it's just a little wooden box and you, you kind of bang it. Uh, and that's and that's how it goes. And that was my drum kit. And again, I didn't really have. Um, I was just desperate, so anyone could play. And if and I'd sort of halfway through the set decide whether or not they really knew how to play, you know, any sort of rhythm. And if they didn't, I'd just be like, Shh. <laughs> okay, just <laughs> bring down the drums, bring down the drums, because yeah, I had all kinds of people playing with me, and it was um, a really fun time. But it's been a privilege to pioneer and get to build um, a worship team that now we are writing and releasing albums. And um, yeah, we've released two albums. And I want to share with you a little bit about what God's done, um, not as uh, like a brag, but I, I think it's really important that you understand that I do not like, this is not about me. It's about that all glory goes to him, but I want you to have faith this morning and what God can do with a heart that is that is yielded to Him, a heart that has faith to believe, like audacious faith, like childlike faith that says, "Yeah, Lord, like I believe that word that You've spoken over my life, and I want to take hold of that." And so I want to just talk to you a little bit about some of just the things that He's done for us in the last eight years. So God has opened um, doors for our music to be streamed in 88 different countries. He has taken it into um, closed nations in the Middle East, uh, nations that are like under like communism. And he's taken it into these different amazing places where I'm like, wow, Lord, like it's, it's all the way in there. You know, it's so cool to see. It's been played in Saudi Arabia. Our music has been played in Saudi Arabia, like places that... Um, I definitely, like, I couldn't have, like, just gone in and sang, but 
our team, um, the music's been able to get in through, you know, the internet is powerful. It's amazing. And, um, yeah, seeing where God can take that and his faithfulness with that in 2020 to last year, we had 2.4 million streams um, across just like, I think that was just one of our songs and just seeing like, seeing the reach that, you know, one song can have and, 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 and yeah, just seeing where he's taking it, it's really cool. I've had the privilege of um, leading worship in a bunch of different churches in Queensland and I also had the honor of being a part of Awakening Australia. I don't know if you guys um, knew about that in 2018, about two years ago and it was down in Melbourne and yeah, I got to be a part of that. So there's been some like significant doors that the Lord has opened to a young kid from Burfingary who had a keyboard and a heart that said yes to Jesus <laughs> and said like, Lord, I, I want to be yielded to the words that you've spoken over my life. So um, I love this church and I actually grew up in a church that I feel like had a similar culture. I grew up Baptocostal. I don't know if there are any other fellow Baptocostals in the room. It's a Baptist church that turned Pente. So, <laughs> Baptopente. And um, yeah, and that, that was a, an amazing foundation and I think had a similar sort of flow to this, this house. Um, and, and yeah, I actually remember, I remembered in, in the worship that I grew up listening to an album that came out of s what used to be Surf City, this church used to be Surf City, it came out of Surf City. Some, there was a worshiper and it, there was just this beautiful presence on him. I can't remember his name, but um, I, my mom used to play his, his songs all the time in our house. And, and again, I, I felt God drop that in my spirit in the, in the worship to remind you guys that this house is called to be a habitation of the Holy Spirit and greater will the latter days be than the former, not to look back for the glory days, but to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because of where he's taking you. And I, I see even songs coming out of this house and I see praise rising out from this house and, and to, um, to take hold of that and to steward that. But yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit about an experience I had when I was 16 years old. So I had my driver's license. I can remember, I remember driving from my, the youth group at the time, which was at another church and which was where we ended up ch planting Kingdom Culture Church out of. Um, I was driving to, my mom texted me and she said, hey, Jess, um, I want you to come to this meeting. It was, it was probably late. It must have just been running like overtime. And I only caught the tail end of it. But she was like, come after youth. Um, I want you, I really want you to, to just hear what's happening. And so my mom, my mom was driving me in. And, oh, I think I was driving in the driver's seat, but my mom was in the, you know, learner's, learner, learner times. And, um, and I remember saying to my mom, like, I feel like I have jelly legs. Like I feel really weird. Like my legs had this like like I just said they felt like jelly, and I was and I was a learner driver, so I was like I don't know, I don't know if I should be driving. Like I felt a bit weird. Had this weird sensation, like sort of tingling and a bit just yeah. It was it was like 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 energy was in my legs, and I and I literally said the words I feel like I have jelly legs to my mom, and I got to the meeting. And there was a visiting speaker who was like a revivalist and he had received a prophetic word from a prophet in um, the US and had come back and was doing like a circuit of Australia, just sharing this prophetic word that was for Australia. And literally I missed most of the message. I was coming after youth. But he, I, I, ca I, caught, a bit, I caught the tail end of it and, and have subsequently went and I've saved that word away. Um, but he was sharing... An, um, 
about revival that was to come to Australia and, and about um, a harvest that would be coming across the earth because of what he was stirring in Australia. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you this morning is I feel like there's an invitation for you to receive that and to take hold of that as a church. But before I read you a little bit about it, so he shared the word and then in the ministry time, he was um, just calling some people and I was at the back. I think I was on the back row. I was late, <laughs> two hours late. So snuck in at the back with my sister and, um, and he said, you at the back there, oh no, no, he, he called out and he said, I feel like there is someone in this place, and he said, that has, they feel like they have jelly legs, jelly legs, and I was like, you're kidding me, he used the same language that like, I just, like, that's not, that is not the medical condition for, like, term for whatever I was experiencing, but there was this sensation in my legs, and I'd had it all the way driving to the meeting, and in the meeting, I was like, that's me, so I race down the front, and he just lays his hand on me, and he prophesies, and he says, um, this word that I've been sharing, you will be key in this, and I, what I'm going to be doing to this nation, there's going to be something happening through worship, and he just released a word over me, but I want to read you a snippet of what what he said because I feel like it's relevant for you guys today so it's just a bit of it It says but now God is about to do a new thing there is going to start a spiritual woodstock in Australia he never gave me a date or day but he said it will come and the church will not even be ready for it the thrust of it will come out of free worship it will go to open fields because buildings will not even be able to contain it and at its peak there will be a thousand a day first time decisions it will spread from brisbane we include gold coast in that amen so it will spread from let's say southeast queensland it'll spread from brisbane through to sydney right around to perth then new zealand and england and the rest of the world and in this next generation, there will be one billion souls saved in the Western world through this awakening. This is the last great move spoken of by Smith Wigglesworth. So if you guys know Smith Wigglesworth, he, he prophesied about Australia. And this was a, a subsequent word that you maybe you might have been familiar with. But that prophetic word has shaped my life. And, and I, you know, I'm only probably a quarter of the way through it, but my life, but I, I've, I've, up until now, and I believe for the rest of my life, this, these, these words have been something that I have um, decided to shape my life around. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about shaping your life around the words that God, God gives you. I want to talk to you about that. And my message this morning is called Go Again. Go Again. Because I think that I feel like even in the, even he's saying to me now, like there's some people who've received words in this room that, you know, some of you might, might have been in recent years. It may have even been like dormant for decades. And he's saying, I want you to go again. I want you to have faith to take me at my word. Believe the offer that I have released over your life and take a hold of that. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would love if you could turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 13, and it's verse 14 to 19. And it's, it's talking about the prophet Elisha, and I, yeah, I, love, I love reading about Elijah and Elisha. They just put a fire in my bones. I don't know about you guys, but the section right after this passage that I'm going to just be pulling out of today, it talks about when Elisha um, was buried and he died, and in his grave, a man, a dead man, was thrown into the same grave that Elisha's bones were in. And when the body touched his bones, 
the man leapt back to life. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of fire I want in my bones. That's the kind of fire I want to live with, that when people encounter me, whether it's at the hotel lobby, whether it's the Uber driver, whether it's my piano students, I have a side hustle, I teach piano on the side, whether it's my, my uncle, whether it's my cousin, whether it's my next door neighbor, I want them to experience the fire inside of me and spring back to life. And my prayer this morning is that you're, if you're burning on fire, I pray that I would encourage that and I'd stoke that and and if your fire is dimming and it's the flame is is withering a little bit, that you would be on fire this morning. Come in and the, with the wind of His Spirit, that with the wind of His Spirit, He would come in and stir a fire in your bones, that you would live with fire on the inside of you because God knows the Gold Coast needs it. You guys know the Gold Coast needs it. it needs, we need revival. We need revival. And I know that you guys are experiencing some special stuff. I heard about last week, but, but we need to protect that fire. We need to um, steward that fire. Amen. Anyway, okay, back to our passage. So 2 Kings. So 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. And we're, we're coming in, and it's actually it's, uh, it's, it's the final words, it's the final things that Elisha says before he goes to be with the Lord. It says, Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel, which is actually what Elisha said to Elijah when Elijah was taken up to heaven. And it was actually like a statement of honor and putting um, honor on the prophets because just like we were singing this morning about the battle belongs to the Lord, you know, Israel's strength wasn't in their armies. It wasn't in their kings. It wasn't in their natural ability. It wasn't in their, the chariots and the horsemen, but the chariots and the horsemen of the strength of Israel lay in their dependence on the presence of the Lord. It lay in their honor of the prophets and what God was doing in their nation. So it was actually a statement of, of honor, even though it verses earlier, it actually said that um, King Jehoash was did evil in the sight of the Lord, he still recognized, which is pretty wild, that he, even though he did evil, he knew that this was a man of God and he came to his bedside and was weeping over him. And Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. So take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. And when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot. Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. There's the prophetic declaration, right? There's the offer right there. And then Elisha says, take the arrows. And the king took them. And Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck the, ar the arrows three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. I'm just going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that I don't have an amazing word today, but I thank you that you have an amazing word today, Lord. I thank you that you have power and that your, your word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword with the ability to pierce through um, spirit and soul and, and ma flesh and marrow, God. I thank you that you could just cut straight through. So what is it that you want to say, Lord? I pray that we would be open to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking this morning. I pray that our hearts would be good soil, and I thank you that this word would go in deep. 
Amen. So as a kid, I felt like that Bible story was so unfair. I was like, God, if you wanted to give him victory over Israel, like, why didn't you explain to him? <laughs> like, and now the amount of times that you strike the ground <laughs> will then, like, if he knew, you know, I was like, God, you know. Um, and I, I felt like, Lord, if you, if you want something to happen in our lives, why don't you just make it happen? And, you know, this thinking actually translated across even into my own life. And as a teenager, as I said, I was in a Baptocostal church and I was blessed enough to be under the prophetic ministry. We had some incredible people come through from like Heidi Baker to Wes and Stacey Campbell, people from Bethel and people from Toronto Airport Church and just different places where there's been um, a, like mothers and fathers, giants of the faith who've seen incredible miracles. And, and, I, and I was also blessed to even from like quite a young age be receiving prophetic words over my life. But there was a complacency in my heart and in my spirit that I'd received these words, but I just kind of thought, and one day they will happen. Yeah, because the Lord said it. If he wants it to happen, he'll make it happen. And if you were to look at my life, like a snapshot of my life at that time, there was no hunger for the word of God. There was like a pretty non-existent prayer life. You would see um, a young person with a lot of potential who was wrapped up in, consumed by what people thought of me. And I was in a relationship that I'd been in for a few years that really was not going anywhere great. And, and but again, I was like, uh, he, he was so much of a higher priority and his approval was so much higher in my um, priorities than the Lord's. And the group of friends that I was sur surrounded by, there was just a, like, I, I was to sum it up, I'd say like complacent, apathetic, not on fire. That was my sort of life space. And I remember at 16 years old, so a really similar time, not the same meeting that there was a prophetic word about revival in Australia, but around that similar time, I heard a sermon and, he, and the, the preacher was speaking about the prophetic and he was saying, prophecy is an offer, not a guarantee. And it rocked me. Because it dawned on me that these words that God was releasing over my life, it wasn't like a set in stone um, guarantee. I still had a free will involved. I still had choice involved. And I, there was still a faith action required of me to actually say, Lord, I received this gift. I thank you for this prophetic word. And I, and I received that. And I'm actually going to call that into being. And I'm actually going to, if the prophecy is here, prophetic offer is here, and this is the way I'm walking, I'm actually going to have to change the direction I'm walking and start to walk towards that. And it was, it was huge for me. And that happened, that prophetic word, that, that teaching around the prophetic happened before then that visiting speaker came and spoke about revival in Australia. And I think by that point, I was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> I want your presence and I, I want to pursue this. I want what you have. I want all that you have for me. You know, there are some prophecies in, in the Bible that are concrete. You know, there's 351, take that in for a second, prophetic words about Jesus in the Old Testament. It's incredible. And there are some prophecies that are absolutely, they are, they are set and the Lord has decreed it and nothing and no one can upset his plans in that. That's, they, they are concrete, amen. But there are other words and these are the ones I want to just talk about today. 
these prophetic offers that he places over our lives, that he says, hey, this is what I'm prophetically calling out in you. Maybe it's worship. Maybe it's healing anointing. Maybe it's a prophetic anointing. Maybe it's a pastoral gift. Maybe it's kingdom finance. Maybe he's calling you to, to political spheres like a Joseph or a Daniel. I don't know what the call is over your life. Maybe it's an intercessory call. Maybe it's a call to be marked for purity. Maybe he said you're going to be an evangelist and you're going to see many people saved. I don't know what the words are over your life, but these are offers and that they're not guarantees. Why? Because you have a part to play. You have a part to play in this. You have a, a, a faith action that's required of you to receive those words. It's not striving. I want to clarify, I'm not talking about manufacturing in your own strength this ability to like, for example, in my life with worship, I'm not talking about self-promotion and like calling every person, possible person to be like, Lord, um, I'm, I'm just waiting for God to open a door for me. Like, I'm really good at worship. Or uh, maybe it recontextualize it for, to a few years ago when I wasn't the worship pastor, you know, just like throwing myself in the path of the worship pastor to see how awesome I am, to see the potential of the Lord upon me and call it forth. And, you know, I'm not talking about like self-promotion and striving and and self-effort, that's not what I'm called. I'm talking about a heart posture that says, Lord, the, this is the offer over my life and I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to take you at your word and believe what you have declared about me. It's a faith position. King Jehoash received a prophetic offer from God through the prophetic voice of Elijah, Elisha. And Elisha made it clear that these instructions, this, it, wasn't, it wasn't vague. He, he said, open the window, shoot. This is a victory over Aram. So it's pretty clear, actually. Again, I didn't fully understand that as a kid. Like, the Lord did set him up. Like, it was like, here, this is, this is about a victory over your enemies. And then he says, and then God required a faith action from him to strike the ground with boldness and instead... He timidly struck it three times. What are the prophetic offers over your life today? What are the prophetic offers over this church? What are the words over Presence Church? And what is the faith action that God has required of you? What are the arrows in your life that he is asking you to strike, strike, strike? What, what are those things that he's saying, go again, go again? What's the response he's asking for? Quiet this morning. Hello. <laughs> Say amen. Great, just so I know you're all here, all alive and well. If you're taking points this morning, my first point in stewarding the prophetic offer over your life is number one, write it. Write it. Write it down. Store it up. If you have voice memo, like on your phone, which I think most of us do, like audio record prophetic words over your life. We're going to do some prophetic stuff, you know, after this. And I just encourage you, record things down. Steward it. Put value on it, you know. I don't know where this quote came from. I just heard it one time, and so I'm just going to quote it. <laughs> the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. 
the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Like you might have a great memory. I actually have quite a good memory. My friends sometimes hate me for it because I can recall like obscure details. Um, like uh, one of our, our pastors, Pastor Fred, he's amazing and he does, he, he's a great preacher and he tells great stories. But um, if I'm in the room, he's always so stressed because if he tells a story from like 10 years ago and he gets a detail wrong, I'm like, oh, that wasn't quite right. Actually, what happened was we were at Kristen's house and on that day, you actually said like this and he's like, Jess, <laughs> he's like, stop it. So I'm a, I have a great memory, but I realized that the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory and writing things down, I, I have been encouraged even in pre- preparing for this message, when I went back and looked at some some prophetic words and even was looking at that prophetic word, I was so stirred. And I was like, Lord, like, remind me again. Remind me again. Because I, I, I want to be, I want to remember. So write it. And number two, remember it. Remember it. Put it somewhere that you can see it. Put, print it out and stick it on your mirror in the bathroom. Put it out and stick it on your mirror in your bedroom. Print like make a document and put it on your home screen. I have I have a file of prophetic words on like literally like I open my computer and it's right there on my desktop that I can click and read and remember and remind myself what the word of the Lord is over my life to remind myself that I am not called to settle because the pull of especially here in the West probably especially on the Gold Coast where the beach is delicious and the cafes are delicious and the coffee's delicious and there's so much, there's cheese, I heard you. There's cheese and coffee and, and it, it could just be easy to just take a, take a backseat, you know? Just like, ah, oh, that revival stuff, it's a bit tiring. I, I don't know if I'm speaking to someone this morning, but like, ah, oh, it feels a bit tiring. Like, can't we just like, just do church, come and just do a service, sing some songs, you know, preach the Bible. You know, I want to be a Christian. I want to go to heaven, but like, do not touch my surfing time. <laughs> Don't ask anything of me during the week. How could you? You know, I, I'm content. Yeah, and I think he's saying like, there's more. Go again. For the sake of your heart, you'll be most alive inside of the presence of God. For the sake of your children and their children, because what becomes, what you settle for in your life will become their normal. If going to church once a month, I, I'm going to just be bold here. I'm, I'm a guest. So I'm going home and you can email your problems to kentgreen at presencechurch.com.au. And the th- if you settle for once a month, your kids, that will be their, that will be their best. Your kids will be like, yeah, once a month was awesome. That's what my parents did. I go every six months. And then their kids, just Christmas and Easter. And then their kids, probably not at all. Whatever you settle for will become the normal of the next generation. We have a responsibility to steward the presence of God, Presence Church. We have a responsibility to steward the fire in our hearts that it would be, we would pass on to this next generation fire in their bones. We have a responsibility for our city, for our region. There are people who need you to not be just okay with cheese and lattes and surfing. There is a, there is a, city out here that needs you to be alive like Elisha, Elisha's dead body that when, when a body encountered him, they rose back to life. You need a fire in your bones. You need a fire. So number one, you write it down. Number two, you remember it. If I could grab the band up, we're going to do some ministry and stuff, but I'm going to get you up nice and early. So I have you with me. Luke 2, 
chap- verse, verse 19, chapter 2, verse 19, it talks about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And, you know, she saw some miraculous things. She saw, she saw like the heavens open and angels singing about like Jesus coming to earth. And, 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 and we, we see the shepherds come and pay homage. We see the wise men come and pay homage. It was an incredible time. But she didn't fully understand the full narrative of what Jesus was going to come to do and how it was all going to work in the way that we have hindsight 2,000 years later. She was right in the middle of it. And she was, she was seeing these miraculous things. And, and it says this. It says, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured it. She put value on it. She remembered it. I encourage you this morning with your encounters with the Lord. I heard that you guys had an amazing service last Sunday. Don't let that just be a service. Gone and, you know, now we're back back to business as usual, like steward your encounters with the Lord. Treasure the prophetic words that he has offered over you. I don't know if I'm, I'm speaking to, like if this is, this is landing with you this morning, but treasure it, write it down, remember it, put value on it. And number three, start doing it. Do it. If it's at home with your family, start there, pray for healing. Start practicing giving prophetic words. Do it at work. Just be brave. Step out. Sometimes we're, we're waiting. We're waiting for someone to like offer, call us up and offer us a platform when that, that's just not how it works. It's just not how it works. The Lord, the Lord is saying, start now. Start now. I have released a prophetic offer of your life. Have you been, has someone called over you a healing ministry? Then you need to start praying for healing. Is there pastoral things on your life? Then start a connect group. (laughs) Speak to the pastors. Start loving some people. How can you start now? Whatever it looks like. Maybe it looks like studying. Maybe it looks like doing growth track. Whatever that's, just take a faith step and actually begin to say, Lord, I receive these words that you've prophesied over my life. I receive this prophetic future that you've you've offered me and I want to take hold of that today. Look at who you're surrounding yourself with and, and make sure that you're surrounding yourself when you're doing it with people who are going to speak and pro- prophesy that life as well because that's going to be huge. If you, if you surround yourself with people who are, are draining the life out of you and pulling you towards apathy and, and, or even, even worse, like speaking death <laughs> and cursing it by saying, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that that's for you or whatever. Like be, be really aware to protect what you're hearing because we need to have ears towards the Spirit. Whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking. We need to put value on His Word. We need to write it. We need to remember it. We need to do it. Why don't you guys stand? Yeah, I just feel like um, this morning that He wants to break discouragement. I feel like maybe there's some people who've had some prophetic words in the past and they have lain dormant for a long time. And it feels too far out. It feels like too far gone. Um, and you feel a bit like, nope, I've missed it. And I, and I just, I want to encourage you this morning that he who promised is faithful. In Hebrews, it says, he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. 
And I want to I wanna break that discouragement. Why don't you just begin to lift up your voices? Just begin to just give Him some praise. If you speak in tongues, just begin to speak in your heavenly language. If, if you don't, just sing the name of Jesus or speak the name of Jesus. But I love it when we sing it. Just sing His name. Say Jesus. And just begin to, I just want to just to stir some faith in the room for a second. Come on, stretch out your hands. Stretch out your hands. Allow Him to stir up hunger this morning. Holy Spirit, we give You permission to wake us up this morning. We give You permission, Lord. We want to burn for You, Jesus. We want to burn with Your presence, Jesus. We don't want to just strike the arrows three times weekly, Lord. We want a life that is striking and striking and striking and striking and going again, going again. Lord, I pray for fire in the bones of these believers, Lord. I thank you for the words over this church, Lord. I pray that you would release faith into their hearts today.